0: Connecting with the Small Group Network in 54321. Welcome to Group Talk. Group Talk, a podcast centered around strategic ideas for leaders of small groups. Whether you're stuck in your ministry or you're just looking for practical wisdom to help you in your ministry context, a small group network exists to keep you supported, inspired, and informed so no small group point person stands alone. Let's get ready for today's episode of Group Talk.
1: Well, welcome to Group Talk. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Carolyn Takeda. I'm your host and the Executive Director of Small Groups at Calvary Community Church in Westlake Village. And today we have a special treat. I'm actually here at our lobby conference and with two guests who have uh, graciously agreed to be interviewed for this conversation. We've been hearing a lot in the literature and our culture about millennials, um, and much of what we read and hear anecdotally um, tends to be kind of negative, like how they're leaving the church, how they're hard to reach for Christ, how flaky they are, um, and, and how churches are really struggling to figure out how to reach and retain and grow this age group that's so critical. Um, So with me on the program today are two pastors. They're both millennials, personally, but they've also worked with this demographic and can help us understand the best ways to connect and shepherd and develop and disciple millennials through small groups. So our first guest is Tommy Carreras. He has been on staff for two and a half years at Mission Church in Ventura, California. Um, which is a four and a half year church plant, leading small groups and new guest connections. And he loves the challenge of designing and implementing strategy around people's real stories, which is very millennial sounding, Tommy. <laughs> it's a great comment. Um, he says he's a bio be longer, but he is only 25. So that's it for his bio. Tommy, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Um, and we also have Jennifer Ipp. Jenna is the life group's and director at Mariners Church in Irvine, California. And prior to that role, she was with Crew, which is formerly known as Campus Crusade for Christ, as the director of Crew City Millennials in Los Angeles. She's also a life coach and enjoys working with millennials, kind of setting them straight. Is that the idea? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, Jen. Um, welcome to the program. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. So this actually came out of a conversation we were having at the lobby um, over dinner about the challenges of reaching this demographic. So let's start there, kind of the big picture. Maybe, Tommy, let's start with you. What are the significant characteristics of millennials? And first, first of all, let's kind of agree on what that definition is. We're talking about people that are ages 18 to 35, roughly, um, born in 1980s to, to maybe, um, what, almost two thousand around, around there.
2: Something like that. Yeah. That's faster math than I'd like to do right now. usually think 18 to 35, um, with a real emphasis on 18 to 30, it seems like, um, and I think we'll talk about this a little bit later, but a big piece of that isn't just age because that's a huge age range Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it, but the kind of the markers of what we would all kind of agree are like adulthood, what adulthood would be. So I think we'll talk a bit about that later. You know, the stereotypes that I guess I see even in myself, and I'm no expert. I just think I got invited because I am a millennial, (laughs) and there weren't a ton of them around (laughs) here. So, being 25 and in the middle of the age bracket, uh, I think things that I know are true about myself and my peers, um, or things that are stereotypes about us, like one would be probably that we don't want real community. I've heard that a lot from people that are older than me that are Gen Xers or boomers, like, oh, you guys are always on your phones and you don't want real community. It's a really interesting thing. And I I kind of fight back against that right away because like, we're the ones who created all of social (laughs) media. We're the ones who make everything we can social. Every game says like, oh, play with your friends and all of these things. Um, All I'm ever doing is connecting with people. And it's not that I don't want community. It's that I don't know how to get it. I mm-hmm. think that's the, the real thing that's going on there, which I don't think is a new problem. I think it's a human problem, um, and it's just really fun to kind of bash the next generation. Not in a bad way. <laughs> it just really is because they're different and I am different than everyone else because I'm me and I'm millennial and whatever it is. But, you know, it, it, it's not that we don't want real community or we don't want community. It's that we maybe don't know how to get it or finding it in new ways. Um, so that, there's a lot there, but... Another one would probably be unreliable and flaky. Uh, I hear that a lot. Um, Hopefully not from my bosses and everything, (laughs) but that's a real one. I can't really fight against that because it's pretty true pretty often. So Um, that's
1: the stereotype of living with your parents in the basement yeah, mooching off of them.
2: Like prolonged adolescence, which in a much nicer way we would call emerging adulthood, and that's (laughs) probably a lot nicer. But the funny thing about the unreliable piece is that, like... I, yes, I want to take ownership of that, and I am naturally kind of flaky and would like to be sometimes, and all of that, I get it, but I didn't raise me, so somebody else raised me, and maybe it's... Oh, wait, there. wait, not blame know. the parents. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, we're always the product of the generation before us, and there are probably some good things we moved toward that then went too far, something like that, so maybe let's all just be in it together. And if we are unreliable, like, that is true but it's probably also because everything in our, world is, in our world is so instant. Like, there's a button that I can buy and put next to my washing machine to press so that I get a two day or one day delivery of dryer sheets. Like, it doesn't get any more instant than some of those things. Like, that's an Amazon dash button. Amazon dash button. You press it, you get the thing you want. You don't even have to think about it. Um, but everything in my world is instant. So, if it takes time, if it takes effort, I can probably find mm. it for no time and effort if I look elsewhere. So mm-hmm. it just kinda has taught me all my life probably that I don't have to work that hard. So if I have to work hard for it, it's probably designed poorly. So I'll just go find it elsewhere. It's really so good or
3: I'll create
2: it. Something or I'll just go create it. Yeah. Um because I can do whatever I want. That's another thing. Like, you know, I've I've kind of been taught all my life that I am a unique sunflower or snowflake, snowflake or yes. whatever. <laughs> I don't know where sunflower just came from, but we're
3: in California. Let's go with sunflower.
2: Yes, sunflower. <laughs> I am a unique snowflake, which is not in California. But uh, I can do whatever I want. And so, if I, if you're, if you're telling me I can't, then you don't believe in me. And how dare you? And a little bit of that. So that might add to the unreliable thing. Um, So it's a stereotype, yes, Mm -hmm. but it's probably true pretty often.
1: How about you, Jen? What other
3: characteristics do you think
1: mark the millennials? Yeah,
3: I I think one of the things that everyone keeps saying is that they're entitled, that we believe that we deserve everything. We get out of college and we deserve an $80,000 paying job, um, and we don't want to really work for it. Uh, We don't understand what it means to work our way up. Um, I also think non mm, um, yes. I
2: think there
3: is some reality that that is true. Um, I think we're afraid a little bit, but I think that, I think one of the reasons why that is the truth, um, is because I think this generation grew up in, in the recession hmm. and there is a little bit of a fear and a lack of trust of government, of people right. around us. Um, yeah and so there 's some of that, and then um, I, my favorite one is um, we we believe that we want to be we 're passionate about something
1: oh yes. all millennials <laughs> want
3: to be passionate about and I air quote because like we want to be passionate because most people, when they hear that they obviously, they roll their eyes, but it's very true, like I wanna have an impact on this world, um, and so that's one of, I think one of the biggest markers of millennials in this generation.
1: I, I so resonate with that, I think people don't wanna put in, the impression is that millennials don't wanna put in the time unless they're passionate about it, but how many people are passionate about doing laundry or cleaning the bathroom? They're not, so it's like, you just gotta get done. See, I just showed that I'm like a Gen and boomer. <laughs> That's why we created an app, so that they come pick up my laundry uh-huh. and deliver it so
3: that I can have more time to be creative. Well, that be would be assume they could actually out. hold down
1: a job. That's true. Fair point. Fair yep. point. All right. So so this is this is very interesting. Okay, so then let's turn to the church world. What is it that millennials are looking for in churches that's different maybe than um, the Gen Xers or the boomers?
3: Mm. You know, one of the biggest things that I hear all the time is they want authenticity. They yeah, want, that's the buzzword. It's the buzzword. They want vulnerability. They want you to be real with them. Um, and I think it's. I think millennials can see right through your big show, mm-hmm. and you know, you're trying. Basically, you're trying to get me to come to your church, and that's what I don't want. I'm like, don't try to get me to come to your church. Mm-hmm. Be who you are at your church. And reflect that in your service. Reflect that in the people that are there. Reflect that in everything that you do. Um, and I, then I will see Jesus through that.
1: Do you think though that when we focus on authenticity and vulnerability, say let's just say a service, right? So it's more presentational. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that sometimes an excuse for things being kind of not done mm-hmm. to a higher, excellent level? Would that be a um, a fair assessment? Because then people think oh, it can just be unplugged. It can be raw. That doesn't necessarily mean that, that millennials want it to be sloppy and no. not professional, right? No,
3: that's definitely not. We want you actually to have a very good um, presentation and a good service. And we can see through actually the sloppiness, I think. but I, yeah, what I think more is in the way that you present the way is is someone is your pastor reflecting their life? Are they sharing stories of their life? Am I seeing stories? From the pulpit of things that are actually real and happening in people's lives that are at that mm-hmm. church, mm-hmm. Um, that is going to resonate with me because I probably can resonate with more uh, more people's stories mm-hmm. than anything else. Um, so yeah, that's I my think heart. there's an that's,
2: approachability yeah. factor to it. <laughs> also, um, and when you think about the idea of social media, too, everybody's on the same playing field. Anyone can follow anyone. Mm-hmm. Anyone can oh, post anyone um, yeah. or post anything. And so, like, I even saw the other day that um, President Obama, like, tweeted something to whoever is in the International Space Station right now. I'd mm. so he just, yeah. he, just he just came home. He just came home. Great. So he asked him a question, and it wasn't like, thanks for serving your country. It was like, do you freak out sometimes when you look out the window? That's, that's just a real question from a real person yes. who happens to oh. be the president. Mm-hmm. But he responded then, whoever... Said space station guy, this like he <laughs> responded with, No, I don't, but I do freak out when the president tweets me. Like, what, uh, yeah, but there's an approachability uh, there that really matters, mm-hmm. and so we're obsessed with celebrity culture, mm. yes. But we love celebrities now, I think, more than ever because they're more approachable than ever. Mm. And so we don't have to go like, oh, you're over there. Like, no, you're like me. I could be you. Because, again, I am a snowflake. (laughs) So, like, I could be you. But then also there's an idea that the most polish comes across when things are simple, too. Mm. So, like, all the branding in the world that's good and that's memorable is simple. And I think authenticity comes through But it's really hard. So you actually have to try really hard. So the excellence and authenticity actually go well together. So it's not like I have to be sloppy and like, oh, good, we don't need so many volunteers and we can just try less. Like we have to work really hard to create authentic places and we have to try really hard to keep it up. Um, So there's a high level of excellence that goes into it, too.
1: So the idea is that they can come as they are. They don't have to put on a mask. But let me ask you guys about this. So social media, to me, as someone in my 40s, is such a weird paradox. Because I have teenagers, so they seem to be connected all the time, and yet unconnected. Um, They have this curated life that they want people to see, Um, and engage in and you know you have all these people with followers and whatnot but it's not really who they are I'm always trying to tell my girls this isn't this is just a tiny glimpse of their life and then they base these impressions about what their friends are doing and what's going on on this curated you know filtered thing which to Mm -hmm. me does not feel real but it seems very real to millennials
2: (laughs) yeah Yeah, I I mean, if if you wanted to look at the summary of what you think or what somebody thinks is important about themselves, so how do I define my own self-worth? You look at their Instagram feed, like, well, what are you Hmm. telling the world? And so there's actually like, yes, it's snapshots, but snapshots tell so much about us and what we think is important. Like, right now, I have a four-month-old daughter, and, like, I realized the other day that there's nothing on Instagram with my face on it. Yeah. It's all her because I think she's adorable. But, like, that's really important to me, and so that's what I send to the world and it's sort of this like this is who I am and it's not really and, and I know that I think we know that but but it is also a very real summary of what I think is important mm-hmm. it's not only about the world but what I think is important about me That's and so right. there's a lot to learn there
1: yeah, so if you're a pastor trying to reach millennials, yeah. you should be stalking people on their Instagram yeah. and their Snapchat yeah. and stuff because you will learn what yeah. they're how what they saying about themselves. What's important yeah. to them. Yeah. You
3: can find out what's important to them by looking at their Snapchat or mm-hmm. their Instagram mm-hmm. or
1: their Facebook wall. Because that can tell you who they really are. It tells you what they want the most,
0: yeah.
2: I think, and what they probably don't have, too. Like, mm. I... I, I I recently I posted a picture of my wife really, like smiling with my baby and like this is great and there's a Starbucks. It was the seventh picture I took of that scene, <laughs> and it looked like it was so like oh that was just I pulled out my phone and then poof I oh that was so good I don't know how I did that but it was the seventh picture I took because I was trying to accurately portray like. I'm outside, I'm at Starbucks, I really am enjoying the drink I have, and they're having fun, and it was a really great little moment. But, but then why why take hard the time to summarize it but well. Why
1: take the time to summarize it? Why not just like experience it? Why do you have to capture that?
2: I don't have an answer to that.
3: Well <laughs> I think there's
1: also a reality that we
3: enjoy taking good pictures yeah. like you are probably learning
2: true story yeah.
3: how yeah. can i take a really good photo mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: and that's part of your creativity yeah. that's part of you who you are your you're passionate
2: yeah.
3: you're <laughs> passionate about creating something and and, branding and, and messaging Exactly, it's all branding together, messaging yeah. that's huge for millennials if you don't have good branding if you don't have good messaging you don't matter that sounds so
1: <laughs> corporate though yeah. that's so well, interesting I, that's
2: so yeah. true though but if you think about it too like Our whole world is like instant, yes, but our whole world is free. All of the social media that we love, besides YouTube Red and and whoever, nobody knows what that, never mind. So, like, (laughs) YouTube has a paid option now, and that was a big freak out for a bunch of people, but like everything is free. But that's because everything has ads. And so, everybody's always, always, Mm -hmm. always trying to get my attention, Mm -hmm. but worse, trying to get my business. Mm -hmm. And so, I think the authenticity thing is you gotta work really hard to convince somebody that. I'm not looking for your business, I actually want to know you, that's a, much, that's a huge difference. And everybody in the world wants my business. So everything looks good and everything, like all that. So
1: that's a great transition to now let's think about if you want to market for a lack of a better word, small groups to millennials, um, you see a group of, you know, 18 to 30 ish year, um, old, there seems to be more of them in your church and you're like, I do not want to get them into a group game to have community and fellowship with each other. Um, but you can't sell to them, right? Cause they're very savvy. You all are very savvy with the marketing thing, but the brand. But the product, say small groups is a product, authenticity is built into it. So wouldn't that be super attractive? Then why is it so hard to get millennials into a small group and have them stick? Hmm.
2: I well,
3: I have a lot of thoughts on this, and I'm not actually sure if I know (laughs) the answer. But I one of the things that marks the millennials like the non-committal. I think there is a reality that. Um, I might want to try something out for a little while and I want to see if this is for me. Um, and there is, I think there's uh, oftentimes a lot of life groups or small groups can tend to be weekly and I just don't have the time for weekly.
1: So maybe every other week is better. Maybe yeah. a starter group for six weeks is better. Maybe
3: once a month. Yep. Like I just started. What is a, uh, I started a focus group with women who are millennials. What do you want? What do you? Once a month. What month. are you looking for? What, yeah, once a month. Um, yeah. It would take so long to build relationships just once a month. But it, here's the thing: it's not. I'm not necessarily connecting with them once a month.
1: Oh, okay. I'm making connections. Probably connection. once every other day. Yeah. I'm actually yeah. making connections. On social media. Multiple times throughout the week. Texting, mm-hmm. social media, yeah. that sort of thing. hmm Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Like, that's big. I think the other thing is that, you know, announcing is what we think of most often. Like, how do I get my whole church, how do I get everybody that's around here to know something's happening? And we go, like, oh, the weekend. They're all in the same place. They're all listening. Right. Good try. They're not listening. (laughs) And mainly because, like, you're announcing seven other things, maybe, and that's a reality. But the other thing is that, like, I'm announced at all day. So you tune out? Every day. And I tune it out. Like, I, I can't watch anything. I can't see anything. I can't do anything without being advertised at. And so I just, like, great. Another cool, that's fine. Everybody says that they can change my life because apparently that shampoo can change my life just as much (laughs) as Real Authentic Community because actually their branding was a little bit better and that commercial (laughs) was incredible. So Mm -hmm. the announcing thing is like, it's probably white noise. Um, Something that worked really well recently, because I don't have answers to that at all, (laughs) but um, something I've seen work really recently, there there were two girls that wanted... Like they, we had a college age type thing, eighteen to twenty four ish, but really just college age. Trying not to, you know, have numbers around it as much as a stage of life, and they felt really aged out of that because they were mm-hmm. first of all older, but then also like really the the difference was career path. They had a defined mm-hmm. career path and were leaning into that. Um, still weren't married, still didn't have kids, so it wasn't really ready for that. So they're like, we're in the middle ground. We don't really know what to do. And I said start a group, like mm-hmm. start a group with people that, you know, and they're like, I don't know if anybody's going to come. And we, we, I put them in our connection event for, uh, you know, that we would announce. And that's our main way to get into groups and, and nobody signed up for their group
1: really, because oh. there
2: were no people like them there. Cause we announced it and that did no good. Mm-hmm. And the first week that they met, they had eight people there because I just said, Go ask some people. They asked you know, some social people media. in the world and those people asked some people right. and it wasn't even that. It wasn't, it wasn't social. It wasn't announced. It wasn't advertised. It was just these people talk to these people, talk to these I people, talk to I these people. people because like if everything is trying to get my business, like mm-hmm. I need somebody I can trust mm-hmm. and if it's somebody I trust, then I'll just, of course I'll go to that. Yeah. Like, and if it's good, I'll come back. I'm not committing. I'll go to one. I'll probably <laughs> go to the second one because the first one was great. Like, and that was really nice. Keep keep earning the trust. Um, but Yeah, but like yeah. finding and pinpointing those leaders that are it's a mix of like. It's a mix of leadership potential and desperation. Mm-hmm. honestly. Mm-hmm. Somebody said that as we were mm-hmm. arguing and yelling and laughing. At the, <laughs> at the conversation yeah, last yeah, night.
1: Dinner uh, yeah.
2: yeah, So as we were laughing and yelling and whatever, somebody said like, "Well, they' just got to be desperate, I guess." And I was like, yeah. "Oh, no, that's exactly right. Yeah. So you find a couple desperate leadership potential people, and you tell them to invite a couple people. And then those people invite a couple people, yeah. and then it's worth it because trust actually goes that much further.
3: That's the reality. You have yeah. to. There's a. There is a felt need. And I just launched a group six weeks ago, mm-hmm. and it was only for six weeks. And all I did was put it up online as one of the wow. options mm-hmm. that you could choose. And I did put. I put young professionals, or I said th- twenty to thirties, or something like that.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're using the stage of life. Um, I did guys use well? the
3: stage of life. And we had like 18 people show up. And I did not know any of them. And they did not know each other. And in fact, I had a girl who didn't even know, um, didn't even come to my church. She just Just found out about mine Because she had a felt need to meet other people in her age bracket.
1: Um, I think that seems to be a big need. Especially if you live in a community that doesn't yeah. have a lot of young uh, younger people. Yep. Then there's just like, oh, there's someone that's like me that's not already married with kids. Mm-hmm. You know what's mm-hmm.
3: crazy, though, is that it, what, what's interesting to me is that there's a felt need not just in the church, mm-hmm. but outside of the church.
1: Absolutely. So it can be missional. Absolutely. And
3: they understand that. Actually, the church is where I can actually find community because I don't know where else to find you it. You mean non right Christians? Non Christians yeah. know that that's oh. where you find community. Like this girl that's that amazing. showed up in my house and kept coming for six weeks. I don't know if she's a believer
1: at all. So that's like a totally untapped mission field. Huge. 100%.
3: Huge. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it just so happened that our series was relationships. So maybe that's, that's
1: a felt need. A for felt sure. Need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think it matters whether your leader is a millennial to attract and, and um develop a group? Or can it be like a a kind of a cool, not trying too hard hip sort of boomer or a Gen X person? Do you think hmm. what do you what do you think about that? Can someone bridge that generationally or is it better um, or more fruitful if you have someone who's in that same stage?
3: I honestly think it can be potentially anybody. Yeah. Oh well, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I think there is a reality that millennials actually want development from people who are older than them. So they mm-hmm. want
1: mentors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. But they, they just, don't want to be told what to do. Yeah, but yeah. they just
3: don't know necessarily how to ask for it. And so if there is someone who has a heart for that, who whatever age you are.
1: So they shouldn't be try. scared. No. Why? Because millennials are scary. Oh. Are we Interesting. scary Liz, <laughs> I, I don't know All how right. you see it. <laughs> <laughs> it's Didn't know it felt that way. Okay. <laughs> no, I think um, it can be intimidating. It scares are wrong we It's kind of intimidating. I think the social uh, media stuff is is really intimidating. If you have a leader who's in their 50s or 60s, it's it's a whole new world. And I think that can be a little... And then the initial stereotype stuff of being flaky or can come off uh, off mm-hmm. as disrespectful or something that it's oh. not. It could just be that they haven't been... And you know, they've been raised as a special snowflake, and so this is just who they are. That um, the snowflake thing is still. You <laughs> um, I know, I think I'm doing it all wrong <laughs> with my kids, clearly. Um, but I, I love that encouragement, Jen, because it really, if it's more about the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, how, what's the best way to build relationships then with millennials? Obviously, you can't preach at them or to them; that doesn't work well. Like
2: asking us questions, like we're not probably, well, maybe this is me. I'm not naturally introspective because I look to define myself by all the things that I can learn elsewhere and, and go out and find those things. Like maybe that's me too. My wife is much more introspective than I am (laughs) and she's 26. So, um, there's, there's that, but asking us great questions, like we are probably obsessed with ourselves. And again, maybe that is how we were raised. Maybe that's the way culture has gone. I don't know what it is, but We view everything through the lens of me, 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 and that's what it is. And so going that route and asking, okay, well, you, 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 like, let's talk about you. (laughs) But then once you're there, like, call us out of it, please. Because some of the best relationships I've ever had was when somebody knew me well enough that they could call me to a higher standard. Like, Mm -hmm. I want to be better Because there's a, there's a, like a natural thing inside me that says like, you're not good enough yet. You're not good enough yet. Like you're a kid, you're a kid. I constantly think about how young I am and how little I know. And we all know that, even though we're curating our lives and pretending we're better, like we all know that. But
1: they have to earn the right to speak into. But you have life. to earn the right,
2: and you mm-hmm. have to earn the right by asking questions, coming to where we are, and 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 actually then calling us personally out of it. Not like, well, you millennials have to be more reliable. Like, I'm not. <laughs> I don't want to talk to you. you. You don't know me. You don't right, know me. The right. cardinal sin of our generation is don't judge. It's not mm-hmm. don't kill. It's not any of those that like. It's don't just judge. don't judge. That's yeah. worse. Mm-hmm. Than anything else I can think of, mm-hmm. um, and I, logically I know that's not true. But like, if I feel judged by you, you I'm just—I'm not yeah. going to listen. Yeah. Like, yeah. somebody's going to accept me, and so that's what it is. And and so that idea mm-hmm. of like Jesus also then would accept me completely, mm-hmm. and then call me out. That's like that's a good model. It's great
1: modeling. Yeah, smart. But oh yeah,
3: (laughs) yeah. Um, Okay, so I think the research has been done. Um, The the amazing research that you know is is out there for millennials. But I think the drawback of the research um, is that I automatically bring preconceived notions Mm -hmm. about millennials to the table when Mm -hmm. I'm engaging them. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead, what does it look like to come um, in a posture of having an open plate? So that's my acronym: Open Plate to receive something from them. So you're posturing yourself in a posture of humility um, and learning, really. Um, so plate, pray, pray for millennials. I guarantee you, you probably know one or two millennials right now off the top of your head. Are you praying for them? Um, listen, just listen to them. I can't, I can't stress that enough. Um, I think it's easy to come in a posture of like, oh, I've got so much to tell them and I've got so much to share. But actually, millennials really want to be listened to because they generally have all these ideas and they want to share and they want to talk and they Mm -hmm. want to, they want to, yeah, they want to just experience and learn from you at the same time. But they want to share what they're going through. Um, Ask, and here's the ask. I love your, you know, ask your questions and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But ask for my number.
1: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Ask to hang out with me.
1: See that stuff is intimidating because you just assume as an older person you just assume that well, they're not going to want to hang out with you know forty something yeah, well, year old. Well, I'm telling you to do yeah. it.
3: So <laughs> ask for a number, ask to grab coffee with me just to get to know me, ask to go to happy hour with me, um, ask me good questions, ask open ending questions, um, ask to seek understanding mm-hmm. about me or about millennials, um, and engage my perspective. So ask. That's P. Pray, listen, ask. T text this this is all very
1: easy this is revolutionary it's revolutionary <laughs> you
3: guys t text speak our language text mm-hmm. i rarely ever pick up my phone um oftentimes my mom if she calls me she knows to just text me immediately mm-hmm. after and I pr- she'll probably get a quicker response than if i waited to call her back mm-hmm. um so text and then e is encourage um mm-hmm. we may believe in ourselves a lot um, but more often than not, we need to be believed in to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So, plate. Pray, listen, ask, text, and encourage. That's perfect. I really like that. That is. That's <laughs> actually that is
1: good. But, you know, that's probably true for most people in small groups as a leader. You want to be yeah. praying. You need to be good listening. Mm-hmm. You need to be asking those questions and mm-hmm. preaching to people. The texting one... Communicating. We just say brother. Communicating. (laughs) But you're right. Texting. Oh, my gosh. It's so crazy because you'll see, I'll see kids, um, high schoolers and college students, and they'll be sitting right next to each other texting each other. I'm like, I don't understand. Could you not just, why not tell each other? Well, part of it was they didn't want the other people around to to hear what they were saying to each other. So there was purpose. Mm -hmm. There was was purpose. Apparently Mm -hmm. there was a purpose. Are there ways
2: you can communicate, honestly? Like, I can say a thing. Or I can take a picture of a thing, or I can emoji or gif a thing, or I can hashtag a thing. and All those are different ways to communicate that are not just stupid. They're actually a way... Like, they carry weight and mean something. If I hashtag Mm -hmm. something in a text, it doesn't actually have any meaning as a hashtag. It's not a thing, but... Because I did it that way, instead of that way, it, it makes a joke in a different way. Right. It, it carries weight in a different way. It's actually a way we communicate. It's a real language that actually makes sense to us.
3: And I think there's a real okay. that yeah. texting is very much like you took 30 seconds, or not even 30 seconds, mm-hmm. out of your day to actually text me and say, hey, just thinking about you, mm-hmm. praying for you, I care for you, yeah. would love to grab coffee.
2: It means the world.
3: Means the world yeah. yeah and
2: not in the same way as an email same thing in an email I'm like yeah Nah. It could have. It could have been a saved though. draft. It could have been a draft, <laughs> and it wasn't. And I send draft emails that are like, you know, the same. I plug in a name, like in uh, the new guest follow yeah. up thing, and I hate it every time because
1: I know that I don't. Because it that feels person. In- yeah. It feels impersonal. Every chance
2: I get, if I even like may, meet a person or something, like ah, oh, well, just erase the whole thing, and I'd rather send a paragraph long email too than a, a long thing with bunch of information because like nobody's gonna read it. Yeah, that's you know, interesting. it's so a got, personal thing it's yeah. a even the perception of authenticity yeah. um, it's important like to 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 not just be authentic but communicate in a way that comes across as authentic mm-hmm. There's, it's not always just well but I meant it that way yeah. like I so like, the message, as we learn in our communications degrees, we're both communications majors, Jen and I, yep. um, it, it's very popular with not, millennials, like, yeah, that major it's squishy. Um, <laughs> it's not just what I intended to send. It's right. what I intended to send mixed with how I sent it mixed with how they received it. And mm-hmm. that is the entirety of the message. And yeah. that's really important. That that's actually true. really does matter.
1: Yeah. That's a good word. Um, I became so much More um, popular with the younger people on our staff after my daughter put emojis on my phone (gasps) that look like me. Good for you. Yes. Yes. And there's a whole version of them that are really snarky, (gasps) and so I started sending them to like our our uh, high school and middle school staff and stuff, and they're like, "Wow, Carolyn, like I I just got street cred right away. It It was it was just fantastic. I love (laughs) that you got street cred. (laughs) Because it was another way of communicating. I didn't quite understand why Uh why do I need to have these that look like me and she's and she just had so much fun creating i'm like okay then i start using them and really the resp- people my age are like oh that's cute how do you do that that's kind of interesting but for the younger people i got responses back much faster. They yeah. found it kind of humorous. That I was willing to engage in kind of what they were doing yeah. in a dorkyish mommy sort of way. But very knowingly dorkish mommy sort of way. Yeah. Um, dork, yeah, sort of which way. is okay. Yeah. Like yeah. You don't that's have
2: great. to pretend you're 25. Right. Like, no. We don't want like you
1: to be 25. Because that's
2: weird. Like, yeah. that's okay. I, I do think that's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like so. we want the wisdom of people that are older than us and we just, want them to be real and get it to us in a way that we understand but we desperately need it too and we know that because there's information that we're not It's like we grew up with all the information in the world we don't need any more information we need contextualized personalized information right and that's a lot different than just well here's the program to be like how to be an adult like great i could have found that anywhere (laughs) it's
1: not hard that's a really good point yeah so information apart from relationship really isn't worth a whole lot right all right well thank you so much for this conversation i know we could talk probably quite a bit longer but just want to give you guys a chance just for one minute or less um any final thoughts To share?
0: You first.
3: Let's start. Um, Yeah. You know what? If you have a heart to want to engage millennials, just start. Maybe it's you praying about it. Maybe it's you looking around at your church and who is a millennial and how can I start engaging that. Um, And initiate. And I know that that can be hard and it can be difficult. But I would just encourage you all to take those steps. And maybe in humility, of, of
2: course, in humility. But use plate. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> nice. I think that is huge, and that'd be primary. And and another thing that I would add is, um, oh gosh, what was it? This is embarrassing. Well, so that I'll just circle around it again. That is really important. And also, my goodness, it was really good. I promise. <laughs> um,
1: You're t- way too young to have senior moments. This is
2: interesting. <laughs> Really, it's gone. Okay, anyway, oh, just go do it. It's really worth it. do put it on the
1: Facebook no,
2: page? No, I remember. Oh, oh yes. well, that is good. Sure, okay. Facebook thing, blah, blah, blah. So, other thing is that I might have just lost it again. Anyway. Um, no, this is... I guess I'm trying so hard. It's all right. The lobby conference. It will ruin your mind. Um, anyway...
1: We have been having conversations. It's worth it. Stuff.
2: Millennials are not the end of the church. That's what I was going to say. Thank you. High five. That's, that's worth it. Yeah. For real. Like, I know that it's been said, millennials are living the church. It's going to die. Right. By, by 2020, we're all going to be like, no, not at all. It's really not true. And we're not the end of the world. We're just people. We act differently than you. We're not that scary. Please come find us. (laughs) Like, please come find us and help us grow up. It's a good thing. Like, we really want to be in a relationship. Like, real, authentic, biblical community is better Mm -hmm. than all the alternatives. And just keep holding that up, but not just hold it up. Like, as a standard, just go do it. Just go go find them. Go do it. Um, And it's it's really worth it. And there's also, honestly, there's a guy, and I, I know him. I actually went to school with his son, but Hayden Shaw... Uh, he 's brilliant and an expert on this generational stuff. He wrote a book called generational i q hmm. christianity isn 't dying millennials aren 't the problem and the future is bright oh, so nice. I agree and I like him a lot um and good for shows? real just mm. yeah. Jump into that if you need it, but it's it's going to be okay, I promise.
1: <laughs> it's going to be okay. <laughs> I feel so encouraged. I think you um, do need the perseverance and to get over our own. For, I'm speaking as, as an older person to get over our own, own um, sense of insecurity or, or um, intimidation over it, mm. but to just pursue it. It's always harder to pr- just pursue people that are different from us, mm. uh, but it's well, well worth it. So thank you guys both for... Um, for being on the program and God bless you guys in your ministry. Um, you can follow um, Jen at jenip.co. Um, you can also follow uh, Tommy on Instagram. And actually, both Tommy and Jen are on the Facebook Small Group Network um, page, and you are welcome to post questions there. You can throw your own stereotypes about millennials out there, um, because they're basically now become the face of millennials for <laughs> Small Group Network. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, but maybe we'll end up with more millennial uh, Small we'll Group see pastors at next conference. conference yes. We have. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. So you can ask uh, questions. You can engage with them. You can find them in all sorts of social media uh, things, um, but they. But But thank you, guys. It's a really important conversation for us to be having. So thank you for listening to Group Talk. We'll um, see you next time.
0: Thank you for listening to Group Talk. If you liked what you just heard, we encourage you to visit our website at smallgroupnetwork.com. Also, use the hashtag SGNet when engaging with your social media channels. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you get all the episodes downloaded automatically. Remember, the Small Group Network exists so nobody stands alone.